You're listening to Halfway There, Christian Stories with Eric Nevins, episode number 143, featuring Alex Lombard. Welcome. Welcome to Halfway There. This is the show where we have honest conversations with ordinary Christians about today's Christian experience. I am your host, Eric Nevins, and I'm so glad that you are here, that you've downloaded it, and that you've listened. Hey, a super special thank you to you, uh, as this is the first episode of June, and it's special for a couple of reasons. I'll tell you why. First of all, May was our biggest month ever. We had a huge number of downloads, 50% more in May, or the, yeah, May 2019 than we did uh, for the months, uh, first three months of the year um, individually. So where we were at early on um, is what was way more in May. So I think that's pretty awesome. That makes me excited. That means that more of you are discovering the show for the first time, and that that is great. So some of you are new. Thank you for for continuing to come back. Uh, Number two is this is the anniversary, the three-year anniversary of the launch of Halfway There. Halfway There launched on June 6, 2016, and with our very first episode with Carolyn Schmidt. If you haven't listened to that episode, um, you can go back and find it. It's still in the archives. It is so great. So definitely the best thing to do is to go on your podcast app, scroll all the way back to the bottom. Carolyn is one of those people who uh, she was so nice. We, we, <laughs> I, we, we interviewed, we were in this little room. We did this, uh, conversation and the digital recorder wasn't recording, which I found out about 45 minutes later. <laughs> oh man, that was an inauspicious start <laughs> to halfway there. Uh, but better things were coming. So actually the second time we did the conversation, it was, it was better and we did a great job. Um, I thought, and she's one of the one of the people who I know who loves Jesus most and looks most like him. Uh, anyway, you know, if you want to listen to that, feel free. But uh, I'm just reminiscing here a little bit about what that was like um, all those years ago. Um, so anyway, a uh, little pat on the back. Happy birthday to halfway there. Thank you, uh, friends, for joining and, and making it fun. Hey, we have a, a great guest for you today. Um, he is interesting. He's he's an online entrepreneur, definitely doing some cool stuff um, and interested in uh, some things that we don't always talk about here, like uh, apologetics and what does entrepreneurship look like? And so we're going to we're going to do that. His, his name is Alex Lombard. So here's his story. Welcome to Halfway There. Hey, man. Thanks for having me on. Excited to be here. Yeah, I'm glad to make the connection and uh, hear more about you. Why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are and what you're doing now? Sure. Yeah. So real quick in a nutshell, my name is Alex. I live out here in Scottsdale, Arizona. Um, I'm about to be 27 years old uh, in the next few days here, actually. And uh, I have been a full-time entrepreneur for the last six years of my life. Um, For the first four and a half to five years of my life, I uh, had the the normal struggle for all those that are in business for themselves um, was barely making ends meet, you know, and, and was just doing anything and everything I could to uh, to make some money and just do what I love. And 
Uh, for me, you know, I just, I love freedom. I, I truly believe we were put here um, for a higher purpose than, you know, just working a job. And I, I want to create uh, impact in the world. So yeah, so I, uh, I'm a digital entrepreneur. I run a digital marketing agency called Invigorate with a couple of buddies of mine. We just help businesses and influencers kind of expand their online footprint. Uh, and then I do a lot with the social media space as well, particularly Instagram. I've been involved in that world for over five years now. So um, yeah. yeah, that's just a little bit about me and kind of my journey. I was looking at some um, social media charts today and I noticed people are leaving Facebook, but Instagram is growing. It's booming, man. It's yeah. Booming. Pretty okay. interesting. So that's a good thing. Good place to, to go. I always, every once in a while, I'll look around and go, where should I be investing a little yeah. bit more time? And I was like, oh, maybe Instagram is a, is a place I should do that. It's a great spot. Yeah, indeed. Okay, well, cool. I'm sure we'll talk a little bit more about that uh, as we get going. I want to talk about your story, though, So, because I don't actually know much about you other than what we've already talked about. So I can't wait to hear some of this. So where did you go? Because you're only 26 and almost to be 27. So, uh, you know, you've got a lot of life ahead of you. But where did you grow up? Yeah, so I was born in St. Louis, Missouri. All right. Uh, and I was li- I lived there until about 1999, and then my parents moved to Michigan, and I grew up in Michigan from basically second grade, whatever age that is, um, until um, a little over a year ago, actually. So I, li- I grew up in Michigan for you know majority of my life at this point. Um, family's still there, a lot of friends still there, and then just last year, um, in uh, the end of January last year, in 2018, myself and my now fiance. Um, moved out to Arizona to start a new chapter. Yeah, January is a great time to move away from Michigan. Yes, it was amazing. <laughs> we went from freezing cold ice to sitting by the pool, and like three days later, it was crazy. That's fantastic. <laughs> wow. Okay, so you born in St. Louis. Uh, does that make you a Cardinals fan? Are you a baseball guy at all? You're young, no, so maybe not. not. Baseball. I'm a big yeah. NFL fan, though. There you go. Yeah, that's the one thing. Uh, so I grew up in Iowa, in Des Moines, okay. and you can go one of several ways in Des Moines. You can be a Cubs fan, which is a lot of people were because we had the Iowa Cubs. You can be a Kansas City fan, which, you know, boo, nobody wants to be a Kansas City fan. And then, uh, or you can be a Cardinals fan. So I was, I grew up being a Cardinals fan. So I had uh, to ask. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I was a Cardinals fan when I was a little kid, but it was kind of one of those things that was forced on me. I didn't really sure. understand what I was a fan for. And, <laughs> and then I got older and realized I liked football better. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. In Denver, I love, so we have the Rockies here, but it's uh, and I love to go to Coors Field, great stadium, but it's really a football town. It's a, it's yeah. a Broncos Broncos world out here. Yeah. <laughs> so that's okay. Absolutely. All right. I had to check about the baseball scene. So, yeah. Uh, all right. So you, so you grew up in Michigan. What was the spiritual climate like there? Like when you were growing up, Did your family, a church family or what, what happened there? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I grew up my whole life, um, as a Christian, my family was, uh, Lutheran. Um, so I grew up in that, you know, scene in that church. For those who don't know, Lutheran is very similar to Catholic, um, but just not quite as strict, if you want to you know, put it in easy terms. But I grew up with that. Um, had a great upbringing, honestly. My parents are amazing, super supportive, and they've taught me a lot and really built the foundation, you know, for who I am and what I believe. Um, and, uh, and I mean, yeah, we can obviously dive into more of my spiritual journey. I'm sure we will, but that's kind of how it started. Yeah. Well, so then how did your faith then become your own? Yeah. So, um, basically as I got older, um, I started to realize that, uh, I was, I was really pulled more towards like the non-denominational side of things, you know, just through friends and influences and things like that. And I found like a really cool church, you know, growing up, it's like, and I'm sure a lot of people can relate. I'm not sure like if you, you have a denomination or anything, but people that do, 
when you're younger and you grow up in like a church scene like that, where they're wearing the robes and, you know, and they have mm-hmm. all the rituals and stuff, it just didn't really make sense to me. Like the only reason I believed in it was because my parents did, you know, and they had the most influence in me. And so when I got older um, and I kind of found, you know, the, the, I guess you could say like non-title, if you will, where it's just, you know, me really building my faith with the Lord without any sort of like title around it, you know, and kind of getting away from a lot of the man-made um, rituals and habits and things that really aren't actually in scripture at all. Um, and when I kind of became aware of that, and then I obviously, at the, at, like I said, I had a lot of influence just through friends. Um, and I started, you know, going to, to new churches, it really just opened up my mind that, um, you know, hey, this, this is important. And this actually is cool. You know, when I was younger, I was like, this, this is cool. Like, this isn't, this isn't some weird thing that I have to like hide from my friends anymore. Um, so that happened. And then really, it, it matured, honestly, the most um, not even that long ago, honestly, when I was like probably 24, um, 23, 24, I had a really, I went down like a path and, and this is common for a lot of entrepreneurs. And again, we can get deeper on this as well, but long story short, went down a path that a lot of, uh, a lot of people do. And it's kind of like the, the new age era, right? Where you, you go down this path where you start to truly believe that like you are God. Right. And, um, that kind of started to happen to me without me even realizing it. And it was a really crazy awakening that myself and a couple of my business partners and good friends at the time all simultaneously had um, that we were truly going down the wrong path and being deceived and getting away from our faith. Um, and uh, it was a crazy time, man. We, we call it the dark days and it was a good solid oh, like yeah. two months of just r- watching documentaries and, you know, reading books and learning from people that have had some crazy, crazy experiences with, you know, the dark side of the world. And uh, that really like honestly strengthened my faith more than anything in the world. Um, because it was the first time that I actually was aware that I truly was being deceived and I became aware of that, you know, and it, it changed everything. So, um, yeah, that wasn't too long ago. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Well, I agree with you. I think that going or discovering some of the darker, um, going through a darker season, let me put it that way, can yeah. definitely, uh, develop our faith and it kind of it will call us out in, in some ways to help us understand what we're believing. So that's, that's interesting. Okay. But I want to go back a little bit because you said something really interesting about the contrast between the sort of high church liturgical place, uh, church that you were in Lutheran church and a kind of less, uh, what was really called a lower church in like theological circles, mm-hmm. um, kind of place. What was it that appealed to you about that? So obviously you sounds like you had some friends there that were kind of going there, but what was it about that you realized there's a difference here and one, one appealed to you and didn't, the other didn't? Well, like I said, at the time it was more of just like the cool factor, right? When I was younger, mm-hmm. it was, I'm in high school, I'm young, you know, I want to be cool. My friends think I'm cool, you know? And it's like in, in, you know, the church scene was never like an attractive scene to be in when you're kind of in the scene that I was in. Right. Sure. And so when I, that, when I was younger, that's really what pulled me was I just, I thought it was, I was like, wow, I still get to believe this, but here's all these young millennials that are, you know, doing things. Uh, in their life that, and having a good time and are just normal people. And, you know, and I see them in school and they're the same person um, that are kind of in this, this same, you know, in this church. So when I was younger, that's really what it was. And as I got older and I look back on it now and I still go to, you know, churches like that as well around in the Scottsdale area. And, you know, I guess for me, the biggest thing is like one of the things that I learned when I was diving deep into the studies of the stuff I was kind of mentioning earlier is that, um, and I really do believe this is that, you know, one of the biggest ways that the, you know, the devil kind of, uh, deceives people and uh, really gets into Christianity is by dividing up the church, you know, and, mm, and one, yeah. and really just think about it logically. When you have one, 
you know, whatever you want to call religion. I like to say I have a relationship, but when you have a religion called Christianity and then there's like 35,000 different forms of that religion, it's like, what does that tell you? You know, you have all these people that are like, Oh, I'm a Baptist. So therefore you're wrong, you know, and what you believe is wrong and you have to do this and that. And it's just like, you know, even Jesus back in the, you know, when he's on, when he was here on earth was basically, you know, what the Pharisees was saying to them that, you know, Hey, you guys are you making this stuff up. You know, this is, these are the <laughs> man-made rituals that you're doing. Like this isn't even in the old Testament. It's not even scriptural. And when you really look at what a lot of the denominations do, and I, I'm not here to call anybody out, but sure. I just want to make that clear. I'm just, you know, yeah, yeah. I just was curious, but yeah, you know, when you really do look at a lot of the dom- denominations out there, there's a lot of things that they do that are just passed down through tradition, but they're not actually scriptural, you know? And so for me, what I love about the, you know, and I know people make the argument that, you know, non-denominational is a denomination and I get it, you know, there's titles <laughs> everywhere, but I guess for me, the thing is, is it's, it's really about keeping the main thing, the main thing, and just being real raw and honest, you know, and when you find a pastor and you find a church that's like that, which I've been blessed to, you know, be able to do that. Um, it just, it, they create the atmosphere of, it doesn't matter who you are, where you're from, what your past beliefs are, how you were raised, what your color is, what, you know, anything like you're welcome here. This is what we're preaching. This is the truth. And they're passionate about it. And they're just reading from the Bible. They're not saying that this is what I believe. They're saying that this is what the Bible says. And they're just doing their best to interpret it, you know, for the audience. And I just think that's the best way to go. Because like I said before, it really builds that relationship factor, as opposed to this rule strict in religion factor, if you will. So that was kind of a long answer. No, it's perfect. That's good. So I'm curious, you said you, that somebody, uh, you've found some good pastors. Uh, yeah. who've been able to invest in you and like, who, who are those people? Tell us about a time or two when they invested in you and helped you kind of to expand your mind or help you to understand Jesus in any way. Sure. So, I mean, one of the very first ones was at my church in Michigan. Um, and, uh, and the pastor there, you know, his name was Bob and he was a really good guy. It was, it was the first time again, non-dominational church. And, you know, he, what I loved and really, I guess, got a lot from him was he was much older. So he was like in his sixties, you know, and, and, uh, has been preaching for, you know, 40 years or something like that. And so the guy understood he's, he was very knowledgeable. Let's put it that way, like extremely factual and knowledgeable. And, um, you know, and part of who I am, I'm a very uh, logical person. I don't know if you're familiar with like apologetics, but I absolutely love that stuff. Um, you know, just proving, you know, like the case for Christ and stuff like that. And he used a lot of that, you know, and it really just, it just made sense. And so I really liked that, um, again, the logical side of it. And then coming out here actually to Scottsdale, we just found a church not too long ago, like twice, six months ago. Uh, it's called Impact Church. And the, the pastor's name is Travis Hearn. Um, and he's awesome. And, and the biggest thing, I guess, for me, that as to why I relate to him and how he's helped me so much is, you know, being in the entrepreneurship world, there's a lot of, you get introduced to like self-development, you know, and progress and growing your mind, growing your skill sets, growing, you know, just who you are as a person and just becoming personally developed. And uh, this was the first time in my life where I ever actually met a pastor that is very personally developed. So he's very spiritually developed. Like the first guy, he understands the, you know, the word very well, and he has a great way of portraying the message that's very relatable, but he also is personally developed. He's a very, uh, you can just tell that he, you know, he reads, he listens to audios, he, you know, he meets and, and, and mentors a lot of very successful people. And, you know, it's just a completely different environment uh, versus just kind of like your average person that's just you know, in a small town or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's actually a really interesting point. Uh, because you would think particularly evangelicals, I grew up in a new evangelical context and you would think, um, so we, we always have this kind of always be learning 
you know, mantra, right? Whether we use it that way or not. Um, and so, but it's not always in a positive or healthy way, right? There's, right. it's often a, well, I need to learn because I, I don't know so much or I don't know enough about, like I'll have friends who sometimes will say to me, I, I went to seminary here in Denver and uh, they'll, they'll say, oh, well, I don't know as much as you do, you know, because we, we put this idea of like how much you know and how much you do is sort of the pinnacle of yeah. spiritual growth, which is not true, I don't think anymore. Um, but that's what that's how we kind of kind of position it. I think it's really interesting. You know, I'm really attracted as well to the to the self-improvement movement, mm-hmm. right? As, a, as an entrepreneur, you kind of are. You, there's yeah. all these things that I have to learn. Uh, but I find it interesting that sometimes you can um, you can grow and and know, grow in knowledge, I guess, and then stop, even if mm-hmm. as you're accumulating more knowledge, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, so I think that's um, what's what the sort of self help or self growth kind of movement does is it attacks it from a bunch of different angles. So I think it's yeah. interesting that you found uh, somebody who you th- you feel like is very kind of personally developed as, as a human being, as a, as a well-rounded human being. Yes. Um, so I guess what I was saying is there's a whole thing with, we can sometimes develop our minds. We don't develop our hearts. Mm. Yeah. And no, I, and, and that's the, and that what you just said is, is exactly what, um, where that I believe that the danger can lie because it, I, it's very important that you grow, you know, mentally, but it's also very important that you grow spiritually and they're two different things and they do combine and they come together. Um, but they are two separate things. And, and when you, what well, that's kind of what happened to me and a lot of the group that I was with, you know, early on in my, my business career was that we were so focused on growing mentally because we just believed that that's where all the keys of success and everything was that that's where we got deceived and kind of went down the wrong path. Mm-hmm. And so, um, they're very important, but at the same time, just like with everything that's important in this world, you know, the, the evil one is going to come after you, you know, in those areas. Yeah. So you just have to be, you have to have discernment and you have to be aware. Yeah. So did you ever have like a personal encounter with Jesus where you, where you were like, okay, I'm giving you my life or was it, was it more kind of gradual? No, not, not in that sense. Um, you know, I, I hear stories all the time of people that, you know, grew up with like really rough past and it's like, and then they had this crazy life altering experience, you know, almost like Paul did. Right. And, yeah. uh, and, and, you know, it's, that's kind of funny you say that. Cause it's one of those things that I've actually prayed about a lot. I'm like, why can't I have one of those? Like, I want to mm-hmm. like, you know, have this crazy story that I get to tell everybody. Um, so I've never had something like that in terms of like a life altering, like coming to Jesus moment. Um, you know, but I've had experiences that it's clear as day that he was there. If that makes sense, it's clear as day that the spirit was there, that there's something different. There's a different vibe, you know, things that things happen that are like, well, how did that even happen? It shouldn't have happened. Um, you know, and it's like, wow, I was just praying for that before and Mm. boom, here it is, you know? And so, um, I've definitely had experiences obviously as a Christian, but I've never had right. any of those like, you know, he's here, right. I can see him type, you know, ordeals. Yeah. Well, and I think that's okay. You know, I think that's, uh, that's part of the, you know, it's, it takes all kinds and there's all kinds of different ways that we come to the Lord. So exactly. I've heard some crazy exactly. stories where people, you know, just miraculously, like God says something to them and they become a believer. And I've heard some, you know, yeah. like yours where, I just grew up in this and then I'm following in him and that's, that's where I'm going. And then right. it's a process of kind of letting that unfold and, uh, and come around. So I, I think it, they all matter. Every story matters. So mm-hmm. interesting. Well, tell So let's go back to the, um, this last couple of years or the few years, a few years ago where you were realizing that you were kind of being 
pulled away or pulled off in a different direction. So what was, what was the kind of the crux of that? Why was that, I guess, attractive or what was, what, tell us, give us some of those details. Tell us that story. Sure. So basically what ended up happening was, you know, it's just a, it's just a compound effect of you do something every single day, multiple, you know, over a consistent period of time, and it's going to compound on top of each other and, um, and really become a habit and become who you are, you know, over time. It's like, if you eat a bunch of fatty foods every single solitary day for a year straight, you're going to gain some weight, right? Compound effect. And so that principle applied to, um, the personal development side of things is really where it all started. So I got into, you know, what we were talking about personal development, reading books, learning from, you know, coaches, mentors, and, you know, studying topics like money and wealth and success and, you know, happiness and fulfillment and just all that kind of, you know, all that kind of stuff. And, um, and it's, it's great stuff and it's great material and I still do it to this day, but what ended up happening was there's kind of like a, when you, there's like a basic level, there's like principles of the world, right. You know, like learning how to respond versus react and, you know, and, and understanding that, you know, what you put out comes back. Like those are just principles of the world that are talked about in the Bible. The Bible is the greatest personal development book in the world. If you go read Proverbs, it's all in there. Yeah. Um, but it's very clear on, you know, if you, there are, once you get past that, those principles, you can start going down a different path, if you will. Um, and so, for example, like I kind of already threw it out there, but really what ends up happening is you're, and it is actually what all, almost all other religions believe. And this is something that I realized, you know, down the road, I didn't know at the time, but you know, like Buddhism, for example, like you, what they're, what they believe is that you basically are raising your level of consciousness and you're mastering your mind to the point of you actually evolve into the next level of, you know, human existence, if you will. And, you know, you become like an ascended master and all this you know, right. crazy, you know, crazy stuff. But and, and the thing is, is without, you know, without knowing it, that's the path I was going down because I started getting into higher level, deeper in our group and started doing this too, of just like deeper books that were, they were, they sounded really good. And a lot of the stuff was truth, but what? there was like this 1% little deception of, you know, you don't really need a God because if you grow to these levels, you are God, you know? And that's really what it kind of came to was like, I started, and then it started kind of hitting me and I'm like, you know, I don't really like, I, I always had this battle where it's like, this makes sense. But like, at the same time, it's totally against what I actually believe, you know, and so I was always trying to figure out like, where Jesus fit in. And it's like, Oh, and you, you read the books, or you talk to mentors in this area, and they'd be like, Oh, you know, he's just he's he's the highest level. Uh, you know, he, he attained the mm -hmm. highest level of consciousness, and you want to be Christ like in Christ consciousness, right? If you ever heard that phrase? before, have, um, Yeah, yeah. And it's like, it's basically growing your mind, they actually believe this, you know, and, and a lot of people do believe this, that Christ was real and that he was, you know, he actually was a human and he, and he came from God. But then what the, the deception point, and so that's kind of how they lure you in. But then the deception point is, but you can actually get to your mind and your body and your spirit to the point where you can be equal to what he was on earth. And, you know, obviously, we know, that's not true. And so um, that's really where, you know, it kind of started to go down that path. You know, again, this is just a long process that I'm trying to break up for you. Yeah, yeah. Um, this is over a few years, obviously, but um, well, well, take us, what, take yeah. us into like a moment when you realize, Hey, wait, maybe that's not right. Was there like a, what particular event or a, a story or something where you went, so, Oh yeah. So basically, um, what ended up happening was, um, and actually I should probably introduce you to him, but one of my good friends and business partners names, Luke Hessler, he actually did have a really crazy experience with, with God. He was one of the leaders in this movement that we were kind of going down. Um, and at the time he was killing it in business and, you know, he was like one of my first, like really good friends and somebody that like 
achieve levels of success that I wanted to achieve. So I looked up to him, you know, at that time. And, um, and I still do now in many ways, but at that time it really was, you know, a, a different level of life. And, um, he had a really crazy experience. You know, we were on a mission trip one time and, um, all this, without getting into it, all this stuff happened where, um, you know, the Holy spirit definitely went into, you know, this, this elderly lady that literally couldn't walk and didn't even know who he was. And she like stood up, ran over to him, put her hand on him was like, you're going down the wrong path. You're wow. going to lead millions of people to the, you know, destruction and all this stuff. And, um, so that, that obviously really altered his change, you know, changed his life. Yeah. Um, and then from there, you know, it was kind of a process over the next six months where you kept these weird things kept happening where you started to become aware of what he was learning and teaching and this stuff that I'm talking about right now. Um, and then what ended up happening was basically we, we came across this documentary actually of this guy, his name is Bill Schneblin. And, um, if you ever get a chance to look him up, really interesting guy, but he basically, uh, he basically explains all of this stuff. So he starts talking about how, you know, he went into the deepest, darkest levels of all of this and ranked up in all the secret societies and learned all the secrets of the world. And, you know, this guy was like a Roman Catholic priest and like a satanic priest at the same time, you know, like crazy, crazy stuff. And he basically tells his story. He's like 70 something now. And, he, and he's a, he's a follower of Christ and he has been for like 30 years, but he tells his journey. And we were watching this and what was so interesting was the stuff that he was talking about that he was saying was evil and satanic was exactly what we were doing and we didn't even realize it. And no. so wow. when we saw that, yeah, man, when we saw that, it was like a group of us that all watched these documentaries, like four hour documentaries. It was crazy. Um, and then, you know, that kind of just led to the next video and the next book and the next, you know, uh, experience and the next, you know, then we ended up meeting people that were like, yeah, I was a. Uh, 33rd degree Mason. And this is what they teach you. And this is what I was doing, you know, and it's like wow. and how they stepped away and became a Christian. And it's like, really all what it came down to was we collectively as a group realized that the fundamental uh, underlying principle of everything that we were starting to learn was again, that we could actually become God. That's what it was. You know, when, when we became a re when I became aware of that, um, it really freaked me out. Cause I realized that like, wow, there's actually religions that I don't believe in that this is what they do. And uh, here I am practicing that stuff, you know, and it's like, and then I dove into the word and it's like, here you know, the words talking about stay away from mediums and, you know, and, and, and psychics and that kind of stuff. And yeah. here I am trying to, you know, freaking bring spirits into me and just doing stupid stuff. You know, it's just like, cause I wanted success. That's the only reason I was doing it. That's literally why. Um, and so basically, man, you know, again, to kind of, I guess, finish this, this portion up to you is for about two months, um, I literally did no work. I made no money. I didn't travel. I didn't do anything. And uh, I, I just watched documentary after documentary after documentary. And it's what's, what's really interesting is that 90% of the videos that I watched on this subject that were on YouTube have all been removed by YouTube. Um, so that's just something to, I guess, think about, but, yeah. um, either way started really getting into a lot of the conspiracy stuff and how it all ties in. And, you know, and just, I, I actually really dove into like, um, and this may sound weird to some people listening to this, but I really dove into Satanism and actually read a lot about what that, cause it's a real thing. You know, people kind of yeah. chalk it up as like this weird guy in a cape and a, you know, whatever, but it's an actual <laughs> religion and there's people that really do follow it and believe in it. And I was like, okay, well, if I'm going to defeat this in, in my own life, how do I, what is it? You know? And so I really dove into the depths of what Satanism is and the levels of it and, you know, what it means to be a Satanist and, you know, and all this stuff. And, um, after really diving into that, I, again, I just realized that like a lot of the things that I was currently doing was exactly in line with like raising your level of consciousness within satanic cultures. And so, um, wow. yeah, super interesting stuff. Kind of weird, but yeah. Well, 
so I'm not surprised that you dove into that a little bit because you're you're one of these guys who's you're pretty um you're you're a hard driver, right? You're like, hey, I'm gonna go like if you're diving into something, you're all in and you're gonna go yeah, figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. So that totally makes sense. Uh interesting, dude. That's a really interesting kind of path that I've, I haven't heard anybody go down before. So yeah, I yeah, find that fascinating. <laughs> I think one, one thing I was, uh, you know, thinking while you were talking is, is it is very interesting how uh, the majority of the world's religions and even the sort of American self-help kind of thing has us trying to get up to God, right. Or trying to grow into, yeah. into that. Whereas in Christianity, you know, obviously God comes to us. Yeah. And we don't replace him. I mean, the, the first the first sin was predicated on the idea that we could be like God, right? I mean, there, exactly. the, there's that there whole thing. Go. There you go. And so our ambition really isn't to be like God. It is to be ourselves, is to be human beings uh, in relationship with God, doing the work in the world that he's made us to do. And as long as we kind of hold on to that, you know, we'll, we'll be okay. But that's... Uh, Really, an interesting deception. I had no idea. I had never thought of it in that particular light. So that's fascinating. Yeah. No. And what you just said was a huge truth, actually, that we came to, and it was it was crazy because during this time we had a. So I was involved with a direct sales company, and within our organization, there was literally thousands of people that like looked up to us. Um, and so when we were diving into all this stuff, you know, it obviously influenced a lot of other people to dive into that stuff as well. Um, so then we kind of had to backtrack and be like, hey this is actually not right. Don't do this. Um, and, uh, one of the things that we actually kind of leveraged to get people's attention was exactly what you just said about, you know, with the first sin. And it's like, if you really look at, look at that, it's like, that's what Satan does to, to Eve. And, it, and it's not only is it, can you be, you know, be your own God, but it, he also says that you'll have all of the knowledge and the secrets, you know, and, and that was what we were chasing. Like we were under this impression that, you know, you had to go down this path to unlock the secrets of the world, you know, and have and be happy or do absolutely anything you ever wanted. And it's like, and the reality is God's within you. You can have beer, do whatever you want. And you can, and God just hopes that you use it, you know, for his glory. And he gives you blessings for a reason and he allows you to have this magnificent mind for a reason, you know, but you have to, we, one of our mentors to put it easily, one of our mentors said to us when we were diving into this stuff, he, he was like, he was like, 99% of the stuff you're learning is true, but you, the one thing you're missing is you always have to remember who your daddy is. And we were right. like, oh, okay. Totally. <laughs> you know, it's uh, where it all came from. You know, and actually, that's why I love apologetics and, you know, and that kind of side of things, because it just really dives deep into the proof of everything. And, that, and then so from those dark days, um, I actually went all in with the apologetic side of things because I wanted answers. I wanted proof. I wanted to know on a logical level that what I was really going to dedicate my life to, you know, actually made sense. Because I was like, if... If, if everything that, you know, Christianity says is true, then it should, you should be able to prove it, you know, and that, and to be, and you can, you know, that's, what's so cool about it is through science and, uh, and, and through everything we know here on earth in terms of how we measure anything and gather data on anything, it's, it all, it's all there. All the answers are there, you know, so it was really cool. Yeah. Okay. So what were one or two of the, of the apologetic proofs that actually helped you believe that kind of grounded your faith? So the apologetics world um, is interesting because the way that it's kind of broken up is there's like two main things that they focus on. The first is the proof and existence of a, of a higher of a creator of the world. Right. God. Um, and the whole thing is that you can there's religions that still believe in God, you know, but then the second part is is believing in Christ. Right. Because that's what different differentiates 
um, you know, the, the Christian belief system from a lot of the other belief systems that do still believe in a higher power. Um, cause there's obviously belief systems like Buddhism and Hinduism and that right. don't necessarily believe in a higher power. They believe that there's like a source energy that you can tap into and, you know, whatever. Um, but then there's other religions out there, um, you know, in the, in the Muslim community, obviously that, uh, that believe in, they do believe in God, but it's just not the same God, you know, or like Mormonism, whatever. So there's the God side of it is number one, you have to prove the existence of a creator. And then there is the uh, Christianity side. And so I dove into both of them. There's so much information in both those things. I mean, there's, you can, you can literally go get a master's or a PhD degree, you can. In, you know, apologetics nowadays, um, which I did not do. I just went and watched YouTube videos and stuff <laughs> uh, and read books, but I wish I actually had my book in front of me. I would have read a few things, but with the God side of things, what, what I really think is so cool um, is the, the, there's two really things that I, that stuck out to me and there's so much, there's just so much information on this stuff, but uh, the morality side of things and the DNA side of things is mm-hmm. really what got me. So just real quick morality. I just love the fact that when you really break down m- morals, it points to God because and the whole, the whole entire thing is, is, is built on the premise that if you believe that human beings have, that there are moral things, right. And, and it's like, and obviously everyone believes that. And if they think they don't, you just simply have to ask them if Hitler, if what Hitler did was you believe mm-hmm. it was good or bad. Right? right. And so everybody has morals, right. It's, it's instinct. It's inside of us. Right. So the, the, the thing is though, is like, okay, if that's true, then there has to be a standard and who sets that standard. And you either have to agree that there is a set standard that God creates Right. That's a, everyone agrees upon or that every human being has their own standard. And that's what a lot of atheists say. And but the issue with that is if you think that you have your own moral standard, then it's like, well, why is it wrong if I just go murder a bunch of kids? You know, and it sounds horrible, but it's like to be real, like that's that's the reality of it. If you believe that there's not like a moral standard across all of humanity, then why can't I just why do I have to listen to you? Or, if, you know, if you think something's wrong when it's clear as day wrong. You know, but you see what I'm saying? Like, it's hard yeah. to articulate, but there has to be a moral standard. So that was the first thing. And then the second thing I would say would be the DNA side of stuff. Um, I'm not a scientist. I'm not a biologist. You know, this stuff is definitely very, very in-depth. But what really got me is that if you actually take some time, and I challenge everybody listening to this to go do this, go look at what DNA actually is. What, you know, the DNA that's inside of you that, that, is, that makes you you. And to really sum it up, it's, it's a, it's a code. It's an intelligence. It's a code that's written by an intelligence that is inside of your body that controls everything that you, who you are inside your body. And so, you know, if you look at anything in the world that hasn't, has, um, intelligence behind it, you you can't prove it without saying that there was a, a, an intelligent being, intelligent mind that created it. So let me give you an example. The example I read about in this book is, you know, if you're walking down the, the beach, and you see in the sand, there's a big heart and it says, Mary loves, you know, Joe. Do you just assume that the waves created that it was a natural effect? Or do you, do you think that there was an intelligent mind, uh, AKA a human being that went in and, and did <laughs> right. that? Obviously the human being, somebody right? named Mary. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Exactly. And so it's the same thing with your DNA. You know, your DNA is a code. It's a scheduled, it's an exact set code that, uh, was created that, um, you know, is, is tells, it literally tells your cells what to do. And it creates everything that goes on inside your body that makes you, you. Um, and, uh, and when you study it and if you go look and research some of the top biologists on the planet, um, they have, uh, that most of them are Christians because of the research inside of Mm. DNA, um, which is really interesting. So it's an intelligence that's inside of you, you know, and that's just, again, another little proof that there has to be a higher power. 
Um, and so that's the God side of things. And then, you know, with the Jesus side of things, there's so much of that too, but I won't get into it all of it, but if you just really go with with the Jesus side of things, all you have to really prove is that there was an empty tomb when, when Christ rose from the dead. If you can prove that, then everything is, is, uh, is real. And if you can't prove that, then all of Christianity falters and obviously you can prove that. So um, yeah, man, there's a lot. There's yeah. a lot there. No, that's great. Sure. <laughs> I, I appreciate you going through that. I think it's very interesting. Uh, you know, I've had obviously apologetics classes and done my share of reading, but what I think is important is that, you know, our faith rests on something, you know, there's, yeah. there's some, there are reasons that everybody's going to resonate maybe with something different, you know, definitely the resurrection is a thing within, for Christ that we, that we look at, but even within science, you know, I, I find it just interesting that the further, the more we can see big, and the smaller we can see, we get the same impression, right? Like yeah. well, there, there's still this impression like this is not normal. This should, this is not what we would have expected yeah. if there wasn't anything else. So, um, yeah. And I think having those kind of realizations, um, is super important for, for growing your faith. And I know a lot of my listeners will have either had them themselves or be able to relate to that as well. Yeah. Good. Good. Um, okay. So you ended up getting into social media and stuff and you've done some pretty amazing things with, with, uh, social. So how'd you do that? What was that uh, part of your business angle there? Or you kind of, did you move out of your direct marketing kind of stuff or what happened? Yeah. Yeah. So about six years ago, um, when I kind of dove into entrepreneurship, um, I actually got introduced to Instagram specifically, um, and I really just saw it as a way to make money. I saw it as a way, you know, I, I realized that there were people that were on the platform that were making money. And I was like, wow, that's, that's crazy. You know, my backstory is I was the kid growing up always just when it comes to like business and making money and jobs and stuff, I was always the guy looking for a way out. Um, I was just willing to do anything that, um, mm. to get out of kind of a normal nine to five. I just truly didn't believe that that's what I was meant to do. Um, and so when I got introduced to social media, I really saw it as a way out. I saw it as that platform that I could actually leverage to, you know, build a business. And I didn't really know how I was going to do it. It started off as like, I literally just wanted to build a brand to create sales for the company I was in. And then it just evolved, you know, from there to where now, you know, I have, uh, have, you know, the pleasure of owning some pretty large pages online, reaching over a million people. Um, and it, it makes money and there's a lot of different sources that I'm able to tap into in terms of like making money on, on social media. Um, and it's also kind of the basis point of the company that we launched, which is a full scale digital marketing agency. Uh, but Instagram was kind of the basis of everything we did. And so, yeah, man, I mean, it helped me with that. And then, you know, actually in this year, 2019, I set a goal and I started off on January 1st where I took my original brand. It's called Vision Wall. And it used to just be kind of a motivational quote page. And um, and I transferred it into my personal brand. And I decided that I really wanted to use it to kind of just, you know, just document my life and use it to bring value to people and use it to, you know, really um, just I guess just share, you know, what I believe and who I am and and show people that they can go out there and accomplish their goals and dreams and, you know, and just have fun, you know? And so, um, yeah, it's been, it's been a lot of fun being able to do that, but social media has radically changed my life. Yeah. Very cool. Okay. So, um, all right. So you've been really successful on Instagram. And so I'm gonna, I'm, this is totally selfish. So I, I have a lot of Christian podcasters who listen to my show um, what, like, what should podcasters be doing with Instagram? Like, what would you recommend as a, that works for you that really we should be kind of thinking about? Absolutely. Build your personal brand, build mm-hmm. a brand on Instagram, build a, an account. What I mean by that is you're building an Instagram account that is around you, who you are, what you believe in and the value that you can bring to the world. 
and you can structure it however you want. And, um, you know, but at the end of the day, I just really would recommend putting some time and energy into that. Um, Instagram is growing by over a hundred million users every year. I mean, it's not going anywhere, um, but up, you know, and, and the people who have the biggest brands over the next, you know, three to five years are not only going to be able to make the most money, but they're also going to be able to create the most impact, you know, and that's, what's so cool about Instagram and really social media in general is that it allows you to build a following of people that you can directly influence and impact hopefully in a positive way. So, um, and it's only going to help your show, you know, it's only going to help you grow, you know, your show, if you're in podcasting or if you have a book or if you have anything that, you know, you're trying to get out to the marketplace, Instagram is, you know, it, I like to look at it and I tell business owners all the time, it's a giant digital billboard that you get to control. <laughs> um, right. And so, you know, through building a brand, it really can, you know, radically change your business, your, your life, and, and you can impact a lot of people. Yeah. I think it's interesting too. You got to kind of let people in a little bit to your life. So when you talk about that, let, let yeah. people see what, what your life is like or what you're doing today. Um, you know, my, honestly, I haven't done enough of that because I, like, I mostly just post my episodes up there and I try yeah. to make those interesting. You know, I try to do a, a different v- image for everything. So it's got the logo, but then it's got a different picture that kind sure. of hopefully, hopefully is engaging. But, uh, but yeah, letting people in and kind of just showing up to, to show people your life. That's, this is what I love about, about the younger generation, like I'm a Gen Xer man. So we're like, listen, whatever, just give me, show me the money. Let me do the thing. Yeah. <laughs> give me the, give me the blueprint. And, uh, you know, millennials are a lot more concerned about meaning and value and authenticity. And, uh, I, yeah. And I think that's actually funny enough. I think that bodes really well for the church, uh, going yeah. forward. If, awesome. if we're willing to go there. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And that's the key. You know, you got to be bold. You know, if you are, if you really do consider yourself a Christian, you know, utilizing social media in the right way is important. Um, and you got to be bold in your faith, you know, and I, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I've definitely had struggles with that because it's very easy to get caught up in the, you know, well, I want to make it look perfect and relate to, you know, the masses. And it's like, you know, not everyone's going to agree with this, but, you know, and, and that's just a, a, a journey that I think everyone's going to kind of have to go down. Uh, if they do decide to, you know, kind of embark on the social media world. But, you know, again, when done right, it's like it really can, you, you can really use it, you know, for good. I've had so many people reach out to me um, just because I have the the name Jesus in my bio and people will reach out and be like, man, that's so cool that you have so many followers and you do that. Um, you know, and honestly, even just, if you, I think it's really cool. I just came across this the other day. You look at um, like Justin Bieber, actually. I don't know if you follow him at all, but, you know, and I never nope. really did. But like, I just kind of came across the fact that he's actually been, and I respect him for this, you know, been opening up so much about his faith. And he's been, you know, this guy's got over a hundred million followers on just wow. Instagram alone. I mean, that's just absurd. You know, it's like a third of the United States. Right. Yeah. And, uh, and yet here he is, you know, talking and he's like, he's young, you know, he wants to be cool. He's a celebrity. And it's like, here he is talking about, you know, he's opening up about his struggles with his faith, you know? And I just think that's so cool. It's like so authentic. And it's just like, wow, man, like you're reaching a lot of people, you know? And so, I just think it's pretty cool. But at the end of the day, my point is, is yeah, you, you definitely need to be bold. And what you, if you really do believe in that, you got to make sure that that's like your identity is there. Right. That, that is exactly what I was just thinking. Somehow you have to be secure enough in your, in who you are so that you don't need the likes and the hearts and whatever are, you know, are happening and you're just doing it to help and serve other people. Yep. I think exactly. that that's where I get a little bit like, I, I love it when I post something on Instagram and suddenly it has, you know, 15 likes like three seconds later like that's the best you know like ah good somebody saw it yay 
but it, the, the you have to be careful about your identity in that. How do you, how do you kind of try to maintain your identity in the middle of? I mean, reaching a million people—that's pretty heady, man. So, like, yeah. How do you do that? So, I mean, in a variety of ways, you know, like I doing shows like this, honestly, it's like when I post this kind of stuff, like I'll post this on my pages and people will, if they listen to it, it's clear as day what we're talking about. And so, um, you know, like I'm just, I think the biggest thing is not being afraid um, to showcase what you believe in. And then also whenever you, on top of that, whenever you do, like you utilize the story feature, you go live or anything like that you know, just kind of finding ways to incorporate God into your conversation. You know, a lot of times if you read my captions, I talk about like, you know, I'll talk about money, for example, and I'll be like, you know, making money is a good thing and it's a mm-hmm. positive thing. And, you know, and, and why, and I go into that and I talk about, you know, and I'll, I'll literally put scripture, you know, to back up my cases and the way that, you know, I just really believe that God views that topic. Right. And so just throwing in God is I think important, like in your captions or in your, um, in your bio, in your stories. And, you know, like when I go to church, for example, I'll do a little Insta story of the, you know, the sermon or, you know, sometimes I'll do a little recap where I'll jump on there and do a recap of the biggest lessons. One of the things I do on my personal page is every, I try to do it every day. I'm not, I'm not as consistent as I should be, but I put up like a, what's called a quote of the day. And I just find a cool Bible verse and I literally have a cool little graphic and I just type a Bible verse and I put it in my highlights and it's just always there, you know? So the thing is, is that when people come to my accounts there, it's, they'll know very soon um, from following me that, you know, what, what I believe in. Um, But at the same time, they also get to really know me and my personality and realize that I'm, you know, I'm not here to shove anything down your face. This is just genuinely what I love and believe in. And, you know, I'm going to share it. It's like, if, if you are super passionate about a, you know, a certain sport, you're probably going to talk about that sport to a lot of people, you know, and that's just, you don't care if they like that sport or not, you're going to bring it up just like you brought up baseball, you know, and it's, <laughs> yeah. that's the way I see my faith. And it's like, at the end of the day, like, you know, I'd rather just stand bold in what I believe in and then, you know, kind of fall for what the world wants, you know, if you, if you will. Yeah, that's fantastic. Okay. Well, I love that. All right. So I stand challenged to be more authentic on Instagram. That's, uh, cool. <laughs> that's what we'll do. Um, I love it. Okay. Well, so I think, I mean, that really kind of covers us, bring, brings us up to here. Where do you want to go? Like, where do you want to, where do you see your, your career, your faith, kind of your impact in the world going from here? Yeah. So I've, it's crazy, man. You know, over the last like year, this last year of my life has been insane. I mean, it's really the first time that I've seen, you know, business take off and I moved to a new state, you know, across the country and I'm getting married this year. So it's like, there's so much going on. Um, that it's been crazy. And it's what it's really done for me is I've really been focusing on that exact thing and trying to truly figure out like, what do I want to actually do now that I'm kind of at this like level in my life? And where do I want to pursue and go? And so there's like a couple things, you know, for me over the next three years. Um, and the reason I say three years is because that's by the time I'll be 30. Um, so really, you know, just kind of a benchmark. And over the next three years, I really just want to continue, you know, pursuing the the business ventures that I'm in, continue investing and creating new streams of income. Um, I want to be financially free, completely financially free. And it's not just for me. Um, it's just because at, between the ages of like 30 and 33 is like really when I want to start having kids. And I want to be able to give my kids choices and create experiences for them um, that, you know, a lot of people don't get to have. And so I really want to do that, focus heavily on business because, you know, it's just the time to do it. And then, Um, and then from there, you know, another thing that I really want to do as well is like I mentioned, like starting up a podcast so putting a lot of thought and energy into that. Cause I I think it would be really cool to, you know, kind of do what you're doing and, but more in like, what I want to do is, is I want to bring business, entrepreneurship, personal growth, 
and collaborate that with like the faith community, you know, and kind of mm-hmm, yeah. uh, talk to very high level um, people that are just dominating life, but they also have faith, you know, and someone, I don't know if you're familiar with like an Ed Milet, for example, he's a perfect example. The guy's an awesome entrepreneur. He's also a Christian or like a John Maxwell, yeah. people like that. Um, and so, you know, reaching, doing something like that, I think would be really fulfilling. Um, I love to talk. I love to speak. I love to just, you know, bring a message to people and help people. And so I think doing something like a podcast would be really valuable. So those are a few things, man. And then, I mean, just always growing spiritually, you know, that's always something that's on my mind all the time, just really getting in good habits of, of reading and growing and praying and just truly trying to, um, discover my, my full purpose of being here, you know, and I believe that just over time, God reveals that to you when you're ready. And so just, you know, trying to, trying to bring that in as much as I can. So those are a few things that I'm definitely focused on over the next, you know, five, 10 years. Yeah, that's fantastic. I think uh, the Lord's going to honor that intentionality for sure. And, uh, just digging into that. I think that'll be great. Wow. Alex, I appreciate you being here. Um, that's great friends. I want to tell you, uh, you know, as always, we've got, uh, links to Alex's website, his Instagram. If you want to check that out, follow him there on the show notes at halfway there podcast.com. Just go straight there. Halfway there podcast.com scroll down and you'll find the latest, uh, archives there. And uh, if you have, if you listen to this after I don't know it's a couple of months, then scroll back a little bit and you'll you'll find them as well. Alex, anything you want to leave us with? Last thing I guess I would say is you know live life by design. I think God gave us a very incredible uh, blessing by allowing you to be the decision maker in your life. And I feel like a lot of people are just always waiting on God, waiting on God, and He's sitting there saying, you know, I've given you the tools to go and and do the things that you love. Um, you know, so go and do them, right? And uh, so life by design, you know, making making decisions and acting on those decisions is just so important. Um, and then asking for God's, you know, blessing in those decisions. And when you're when you're stuck, you know, going to Him, but then also taking action, right? Never waiting mm-hmm. on God, but knowing that He's given you everything you need to to accomplish whatever it is you're trying to do or whatever you're going through. So I love that phrase, life by design. I think it's such an awesome phrase, and it's just so true. Amen. I think so too. I think we have to, uh, you know, your life is composed of the things you're willing to settle for. So if well, you're uh, if you're willing to, to to put in the work or to become who God wants you to be. Uh, there really are no limits um, He because God's on your side. So, Alex, you thanks so much for being here. I appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. This was a lot of fun. Hey, friends. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed Alex's story. Alex, thanks for sharing it with us. Friends, if you haven't checked out the Patreon page, go to halfwaytherepodcast.com. First of all, right there, you want to see links to anything that we talked about today. You'll find that in the show notes. We always talk about that. Uh, but also, you'll find a link to, that says support up at the top. That's where you can go and support us on Patreon. Uh, one free uh, extra conversation every month with one of our amazing guests. And uh, also, if you're at the $25 or better level, I will send you a Halfway There podcast t-shirt. Uh, so anyway, that's uh, those are what we're we're offering right now. If you have ideas, something you want to see, let me know. Hey, until next time, friends, keep the faith. Hey.